Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I am going to introduce a delicate topic. I know all of you out there have very sensitive feelings that I need to be careful around. Um, we're going to be talking about oversensitivity today. <laughs> um, so trigger warning, there it is. Um, no, just kidding. We're going to be talking about oversensitivity or hypersensitivity to different emotions. There's a great reason for that. We are in an age and a time period right now where feelings are like the dominant thing in our experiences, and everyone, as a result, is overly sensitive. And so we want to bring some balance and some stability to that. But also, Nathan and I are therapists, and we want people to have healthy lives, healthy selves, and healthy relationships. And so we want to talk about this to bring some health and understanding to your own self so that you can be happier, more functional, all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of an extension of what we do as therapists. Um, and then lastly, if you are somebody who is oversensitive, overly sensitive, hypersensitive, uh, anything like that, the highly sensitive, there's term out there, highly sensitive people. If you're one of those people, then maybe through listening to this episode, you can better understand why you might be oversensitive and then what you can do about it. So first of all, um, let's jump in with, uh, as we talk about oversensitivity, we're really talking about emotions. As I say, as a therapist, you got some basic things that make you up as a human being. You've got your thoughts or your beliefs You've got your emotions that are very closely connected with your thoughts and, and informed by your thoughts and inform your thoughts. So thoughts, emotions, and then you have your actions, the things that you do and say. So we're talking about that middle component. Again, it's informed by what you think or your interpretations of what's going on. It's informed by belief systems that you have, probably rooted in childhood and your upbringing the things that you believe about yourself, about other people, about the world, and even about what's healthy and not healthy. So these emotions are informed by all of that stuff. And so we're talking about the emotional component um, as a human being. Again, this is a very normal kind of a thing to do and be, to have feelings, to express them, to want to talk about them. What we're talking about today in terms of oversensitivity is some sort of an imbalance or incorrect usage, experience, expression of those emotions. So, Nathan, kick us off with, um, tell us a little bit more about, uh, define down what is oversensitivity. Yeah, oversensitivity is simply giving feelings and emotions too much weight to the extent that you are unable to, to tolerate common life experiences, interactions, or functions. So, it's, it's really what it is, is a, is a focus on emotions. You know, like one of the jokes I've said before in a previous episode is what therapists will sometimes do is go when we're, we're talking like, so how did that feel? <gasps> so how did that feel when I asked you how it <laughs> felt? <gasps> how are you feeling right now that I've asked you that twice? <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, now I'm starting to feel a little bit crazy. <laughs> right. 
and oversensitivity is this hyper focus onto an emotional experience that's occurring in whatever way. So you you just are noticing your emotional experience rather than the overall context. Yeah, and actually, let me just jump in really quickly. It's funny that we, you made that joke about, you know, how are you feeling? How are you feeling now? And now, how are you feeling about asking? <laughs> that's actually, I, I'm just going to put that out there. That's actually a great example of uh, panic attacks. When you focus on the feeling, like you might have a bodily sensation, like your heart, your heart rate speeds up a little bit. And then you focus on it, you think of something about it, and then you start to feel a little bit panicky or you still you feel a little bit scared about it. And then your body responds to that and then you feel it even more and then you're aware of it and you observe it. You think, oh, no, something's happening inside my body. So your body speeds up like, oh, no, something's happening inside of us. It's like this circular thing that actually is self-created. That's a great example of, um, of kind of what oversensitivity can look like where it's like a self-induced sort of a thing that does not have any like guardrails or boundaries or um, containment. When you just let your emotions go, it can run wild and build on itself and magnify something that's actually much smaller than what it really needs to be. Yeah. And I just want to put out there that there are panic disorders and panic attacks that do occur that are trigger based that the, where your body actually takes off on you. And it's not necessarily your own hyper focus. Just for, I know some of you other like, well, for me, like, okay, all right. <laughs> right. Don't be so sensitive. Trying to, yeah, <laughs> trying to cover the full gamut of people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically it's about feelings becoming too too centralized. And, and, and it's not just, okay, so we're talking about centralized, right? So maybe you don't go somewhere because you think, how am I going to, oh my gosh, that's going to, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do whatever. Oh, because I will feel X, Y, Z. And I hate that feeling. I never want to have that feeling. I had that. You know what? I had that last week. It was horrible. I was what I did. I went into the store and then the person's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Everything is focused that way. It's oriented around making sure that you're trying to somehow control your emotional state. So Today, we just wanted to try to work through maybe some ways to help you out with that. And I'm not sure if there's something else you wanted to add about oversensitivity before we move to that. Yeah, if you if you go back and listen to one of the previous episodes about the types of psychotherapy that are out there, uh, we talked about CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And in that, um, I think it was David Burns was the guy, um, came up with these cognitive distortions that we use all the time in therapy. They're kind of like, they've become staples now. Um, so much so that I can't even remember what they're called. <laughs> mind um, reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm reading your mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> One of them is emotional reasoning. And it's interesting when you are familiar with this, you can start to see it all the time in people around you. Uh, just to refresh your memory, emotional reasoning is, is kind of oversensitivity. It's taking something and reasoning, well, because I feel this way, therefore, that is the reality in front of me. And so I will be listening to people and somebody who's got uh, maybe an over uh, hyper focus or overly centralized emotional system, they will speak in those terms. They'll say, well, I felt like this was going to happen or I felt like, you know, this is what the person was saying and I was that made me feel blank, blank. And I'm like, wow, so you're telling me essentially if I'm listening to your words they're painting a picture here where you felt like so your feelings told you what was going on in this interaction or in this situation in front of you 
And then you had an emotional reaction to that. And now you're feeling this magnified way that really might not even be at all what was going on because in your language, you're describing things with this very colored emotional language. You're not talking about it in terms of like this person said this or this is what happened, like kind of more factual stuff and then making interpretations and reactions based on that. That would be a more objective way of going about things. But emotional reasoning is very much taking how you feel and interpreting that or projecting that onto the situation like, oh, this, is, this must be what's happening. And then your feeling now is like the dominant narrative that's going on in your world that people are experiencing and interacting with. They might be thinking that they're interacting with reality, but they're actually interacting with your emotions. Well, and this is what kind of leads to a good reason to talk about this, because there's folks out there that if you if you are a person that's more oversensitive, some you're probably there's kind of one or two ways to go with this. You either are not going to you're going to be listening to this right now thinking, no, I'm not. Um, I'm normal. Like, I, you know, I've never this has never occurred to you. So I'm going to say it out there like just like run yourself through the gamut here. Um, people might not want to talk to you as much. Might You might be a little bit more isolated. Because people have experience with you that you are going to be dramatic. You're going to be, um, and you might even have been, somebody might even told you, man, why you're, you're always so dramatic or you're being dramatic. And that, that probably offended you deeply. Um, so I'm challenging you a bit here to say, like, let's just look at this, okay? Because in order to have good, consistent relationships, you're going to have to uh, allow for the other person's emotional experience. But if you're really oversensitive, you don't have space for that. You're not even going to do that because you're only concerned with your own emotions in the moment when you're with whoever you're with. Yeah, I've I described this one time. I don't remember if it was me or somebody, the the client that said this, but it was a, a couple, a relationship, and this was definitely going on where one of the two people was overly emotionally focused. And what ended up happening was one person would experience something and then try to share about their experience and say, oh, I was feeling this way, or, you know, when this happened, I felt this way. Great communication right there. And the other person then had feelings about that, and then those feelings became the central focus of the conversation. The first person's experience that was trying to be communicated and and acknowledged and validated got pushed to the side because the second person's emotions grew and grew and grew like a giant balloon. And at some point, it was described like um, an emotional space hog, where that person's emotions took up so much space that it was hogging all of the space in the room. And if you can imagine that a balloon blowing up bigger and bigger and bigger, well, if you're in the room, that balloon is like pushing you out into the corner until you're like squished against the wall. Your face is against this balloon and you can barely breathe. All you can see and touch and feel and experience and deal with is that other person's emotions. And that's, I mean, frankly, it's not healthy, but it's also not fair to the other person because, like you said, you're only allowing for allowing space for one person's emotions or one person's experiences. And also, I think you could say, on the other hand, even if you are allowing space for two people's emotions, if they're too big or bigger than what the situation warrants, that's also still a problem. So you may allow for another person to have some big, strong emotions. But if the two of you together are having big, strong emotions, that might also be very ineffective and dramatic. Right. And so the other the other way that this can come across, because I think I made the other my other example person maybe even sound a little cold um, and self-absorbed. The other way 
through this is like somebody that maybe cries a lot. Now, here's the thing I want to say about that. Um, there are folks out there that vent cry. Um, I've had several clients that do that. Um, one person could actually, she could cry and sing at the same time. Um, and <laughs> I, would, I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, she, she got good. She was a worship leader at our church. Oh, and she's like, awesome. she's like, you know, I just got, I just got to where it means so much to me. When I'm when, when I'm having that experience, and I just I just keep going. So I'm, I'm, I want to allow for the folks that they're not being dramatic because they can sit with you and they they're interested in what you're saying. It's just that they um, their emotions, their tears are just really close to what's going on. So I'm setting that aside. But maybe everything seems to be overwhelming for you, and you cry. Like that that would be in my mind an oversensitivity response, not what I was just sharing about. If you kind of notice that about yourself and you're like, man, I guess I just cry a lot, you know, I would I would challenge you a little bit because I think some of the stuff we're going to share today may help you through that. Um, but we're if 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 you're able to kind of get a handle on this, what we hope is that your relationships can be more healthy and you can be closer to these folks. And and some of it is just honestly just acknowledging this stuff to yourself and going, okay, maybe I am maybe I am a little overly sensitive. That does not mean. Well, maybe my emotions don't matter, you know? (laughs) That would be an oversensitive reaction right there. (laughs) Great example. No, because in reality, the feelings are important. They're supposed to tell us how we're experiencing the world through an interpretive lens that's unique to us and and only us. Like, I'm going to have certain feelings about a situation, and you may have some very different feelings about it because you came from a different upbringing and background, and you're a different person. You have different thoughts and values and motivations than I do. Um, feelings do not tell us what's really happening happening in objective reality. Sometimes our feelings can align with that, but that's not their primary purpose. I can remember one instance where I was detailing this out with a guy and he was saying, your feelings can be valid, but inaccurate or valid, but wrong, essentially. Like you can, I understand how you would feel that way based on the situation or based on where you're coming from. And so from that standpoint, yeah, your feelings are valid. I can see why you'd feel that way. And, and at the same time, that is not what happened. That's an important distinction because you need to allow for the possibility that what you're feeling is not the only reality that's out there. Sure. It's your reality of how you're experiencing something, but also there's this other thing that's going on of objective reality and also the other person's subjective reality. Uh, Again, go back and listen to one of the episodes on uh, reasons and excuses and intent versus impact, because a lot of times people will confuse those things together where it's like, well, I didn't mean to do that or that was not my intention. So therefore, it didn't happen. No, again, that may be your feeling inside. But the objective reality outside of you is that, well, the other person may still have experienced what they experienced and that needs to be valid. So in order for us to be healthy and functional, we need to operate with some semblance of objectivity or else we're going to cause everyone else around us to be part of our own orbit circling around our feelings. And that's just not a healthy dynamic. No. Well, and the other thing is, is it, it it's unhealthy because it, it it appears to care about other people, but it does not at all because uh, these other people don't even have they can't actually they have to be mindful of everything you're feeling. And then basically do exactly what you're you, in order. They're focused on ch- essentially changing your feelings. So oversensitivity results in confusion and instability within your own self. 
and like you're walking on eggshells, you're uh, have an inability to be vulnerable or share or be openly honest, inability to actually resolve any conflict, and maybe you have erratic or unpredictable behavior because it's based totally on your feelings and an unhealthy and inaccurate views of yourself and others. And so like I want to I want to add this other piece in because one of the things I'm going to say for you to kind of work your way out of this is to try to be curious not only about other people and what their experience is but about your own self. And it's different than being focused on your emotions. The reason why I'm saying it is twofold. One because it works, but like the reason why it works is because it forces you in to your frontal your frontal neocortex. And what that is, is that if you've seen a brain, like in some television show or something, you see the wrinkles, right? If you were to able to take, grab the, the top really thin layer of, the, of that brain and stretch it out, make those wrinkles go away, that thin layer is, is only as thick as a credit card. And that is the layer that we are able to be curious. But that is also the layer that we organize how we feel and organize what we believe. If you're oversensitive, you are working backwards. You're working from your feelings first, and then your neocortex is justifying what you feel. It's got to be the other way around. So a trick is to intentionally be curious. So that's the one thing uh, that I would add. Yeah, some other ways of uh, working on not being overly sensitive is to balance your feeling with thinking. So you can move your emotions aside and look at a situation from a cognitive perspective or to focus on facts. And you're gonna have to be aware, first of all, that you are focusing on your feelings. So listen to the language that you use if you're saying, oh, I feel like, or, oh, I just felt. If you're using feeling, that word feeling, or feeling like, or emotions all the time, then you might be dominated by your emotions which again, doesn't mean that your emotions are bad or invalid. It just means that you're over-focusing on those and not balancing that with your thinking. I'll give people a um, journal homework sometimes to write out what are the facts of the situation in front of you first and then write about how you felt about it so that you can differentiate, okay, here's what happened. I'm not saying I felt anything yet. I'm just trying to use my brain to think, to think, to engage my brain to think about what's going on and then I can recognize how I'm feeling to separate those two. So, Aaron, to ask you a question, because um, a lot of folks that are intuitive will use that same language. They'll say, like, I feel this about this or whatever. And it's an intuitive type of thing. It's not emotion-based. How, how, what would you say about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, part of that, I think, is self-knowledge. And it's detailing down to differentiate where are you operating from and what observational element of yourself are you using so i try not to use the phrase i feel like um, it'll slip out sometimes but whenever i catch myself i will stop and say wait a minute that's not a feeling am i looking at a thought am i giving an opinion am i making an observation about something or am i trying to express something about how i'm feeling those are all very different things if i'm stating something about a fact i'm saying this is what it is if I'm giving a thought, I can say, I think this. If I'm telling you something about how I'm feeling, I could say, this happened, I think this, and I feel this way about it. That helps you to differentiate all the different components realistically. I think one of the, as you were just saying that, I realized that I've switched when, I, when I'm when i speaking intuitively, I will say something like, I have a sense that, 
my sense is this is it, it's not the same thing as a feeling and I think you know what I, I think I accidentally adapted that um, to separate out like what you were saying I'm just mm-hmm. realizing it yeah and there's nothing wrong with having a sense but I think you just even if you want to put that in its own category and say okay that is a sense now that doesn't mean that's the only thing going on because there might be facts you know saying something different or there may be facts that don't support that but you still have a sense well, that's important because you're saying, okay, I have a sense about this. I can't really justify it just yet based on any provable thing. And so that's important because that helps to balance it or keep it in the right perspective. Well, and also as we're, as we're detailing this out, the idea is to help you kind of discover what's going on here. So some of you, my, my hunch was that some of you might be just dismissing this idea because like, well, when I say feel, I don't mean that. I don't, I'm like intuitive, bro. Like I just, that's how I do the world, man. But okay. Even if you are that way, um, what Aaron is saying is super helpful because it can help you be more specific to what it is that's going on. And it, it helps you to think deeper and more fully about what's happening. Yeah. So you're getting the full perspective of the situation, not just from your own perspective. And that leads me to another thing you can do is to observe yourself like as a third person rather than experiencing something directly. So if you're going to observe yourself as a third person, it's like, okay, you can experience something, but then let me put it this way. I had a supervisor, Lisa, who said this, um, you have uh, lifeguards and then you have swimmers. If you're in the water, you're swimming, you can't see the sharks around you until it's like right next to you. But if you're a lifeguard in the tower, then you can see all of that happening. It's important at times to operate like a lifeguard with yourself to observe yourself outside of yourself and how you might sound and look and to gather the rest of the information around you. Yeah, that's why you never go in the ocean. Um, <laughs> sorry, you don't talk about sharks. I'm like, no. And the next the next piece is to practice not giving into every single impulse or feeling that you have. And to try to learn to kind of distrust those feelings at times or at least be able to suspend your judgment until later. You'll find that you have a different perspective when you feel differently. And, and that's one of those things that's really weird. Like if you just try, like we did this a long time ago in grad school, we a little small group of us were playing around with it. And we just tried to feel because you have to do these triads, right? And what they are is like practice therapy and it's totally made up. Okay. Like you're given a role. You do this, you're the dad and you've just had this problem and the mom is doing, and you're the mom or you're the wife and you have a parenting problem. You start making stuff up. What happens when you're doing that? You're literally making things up, but you have the same, you you start feeling like it. You start feeling the whole thing. Like all of a sudden you're like, like the creepiest thing was when we had to have an anxiety disorder. And then I started getting anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no way. They just wanted your money, bro. (laughs) Oh, you can't be a counselor anymore. You have way too much anxiety. (laughs) Thanks for the money, though. (laughs) It's so, so lame. So unless you've had that experience, though, to be honest, you might even be distrusting me right now. But it is true. Play with your emotions. You know, another thing you can do is if you actually smile, Um, intentionally, you can actually shift your mood from a person like me that wants to get deep. That's actually kind of irritating um, because it's like, wow, you just need to do that and you feel better. Yep. It actually has that feeling that associates with it. So try these techniques and, and, and Aaron, he has one more to add. Yeah, I've got another one. Um, I would say it's kind of like observing yourself, but it's, or suspending judgment, but it's also about gathering information from other people. 
from their feelings, their perspectives, what they're trying to tell you about yourself or about the situation, and then weigh it along with your own. So if you are the only person that can speak into the reality, if you're the only person that can say, oh yeah, here's what's going on based on how I'm feeling, then you're only using part of the information that's available to you in a situation. But if you're getting information from other people and letting them speak into the reality and share what they're seeing and what they believe and what they're experiencing, and you can put that on the table so that both of you or all of you that are in the situation can share, then you're weighing all of that with everybody else's opinions and thoughts and experiences. And that's going to help you to balance your feelings because a lot of times you're going to feel a certain way. And frankly, that's just not what's going on. Maybe you just take things personally. Maybe you just um, overreact to certain things. Maybe you're extra sensitive to certain things. And when those things happen, you focus on them and you're the only one that's doing that. And nobody else is saying or doing that. Um, so being able to get some of that extra information can help you see that this is an issue you might have and you might actually need to do some work around that. So all of these things, again, we're not saying that having emotions is bad. We're simply saying as a foundation, emotions are good. They're helpful. They're important to us. They're connected with us as people. So of course, if you have emotions that are valid, then it makes you feel like you're a valid human being. Um, but we're also saying that emotions can get out of hand and they can become overly inflated and overly centrally focused on. And we want to help you to be able to balance that, to have healthy relationships, a healthy sense of yourself, and of course, a healthy sense of objectivity so that you, you can navigate the world more accurately and more objectively. I hope these tips have been helpful. Um, if you have any feedback or questions, of course, get in touch with us at theshrinkthinkpodcast.com. We always love hearing from you and love getting feedback from you. Thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.